0: Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. This podcast is brought to you by GoToMeeting, the best way to hold meetings over the Internet. Reduce travel expenses, save time, Just hold an online meeting with GoToMeeting. Try it free. Visit GoToMeeting.com slash techstuff. Hey there. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks. Today, sitting next to me, I have writer Jonathan Strickland. Hi there. We're talking about our podcast, and one of the things we wanted to give a try was to talk about some of the great innovators in technology. Right. And uh to to kick off our series, we we decided to talk about Dean Kamen.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know about about Chris, but the first time I became aware of uh Dean Kamen was back in 2001. Uh it was the spring of 2001, in fact. Ooh. Um yeah, so the, the way back machine back to 2001. <laughs> Quiet, Joe. All right. So, um so 2001 and the news uh, news media and the um the news agencies kind of were picking up on the story about this mysterious invention that was going to hit uh and and change the world, change the very way we do things in the world. And and there weren't really that many details. Uh, it had two different um code names, if you will. One of them was Ginger.
1: Blah blah blah, Ginger.
0: And the other was the even more uh descriptive It. <laughs> Which of course meant that all the different uh, magazines and news, uh, you know, the the television shows, everyone was saying, "What is it? it?" Made writing headlines far too easy. So it's almost like a Monty Python bit, really. Really was.
1: We're yeah. talking about it. Yes. Please stop
0: talking about it. Yes. It was exactly like that. Um. So. I, along with everyone else, was wondering what the heck it was. And there were some, there were some leaks, uh, heading up to the, the announcement of it, uh, beforehand that suggested that it was some sort of scooter, some sort of, uh, vehicle, personal vehicle. And, um, what's that? A hoverboard? (laughs) No, no, unfortunately not a hoverboard. Um, But there were people who were just scouring the patent office to try and figure out what this could be. And that's, that's kind of how the news leaked. But, uh, ABC's Good Morning America, uh, actually debuted this. And that's when we were introduced to The Segway. So yeah, The Segway, that was, that was Dean Kamen's baby. That's, that's what most people probably are aware of. But he's worked on a lot of projects. Uh, The Segway's just really one of many. Um, let's give you a little background on Mr. Kamen. Um, he holds more than 440 U.S. and foreign patents. So he's a busy, busy guy. That's pretty impressive. Um, he's an engineer, which means that he looks at the world as a series of problems and tries to figure out how to solve them. Uh, as- yes, I was, uh, I
1: was reading about one problem where he, uh, he actually saw somebody having difficulty negotiating a wheelchair up a a series of stairs. And so that resulted in a a system called the uh, Independence iBot 4000 Mobility System, which is uh, marketed by Johnson & Johnson. And it it actually is very like the Segway. It's got a – it balances. It's a wheelchair that balances on uh, four smallish wheels, and it, it sort of stands people in wheelchairs up.
0: Right. Uh, which can, is very cool. Yeah. They can actually, the wheels can extend so that they're sort of balanced vertically. So the person can, can be, who would normally be at wheelchair height, can actually elevate up to uh, the height of an average human being, which is, is, that is pretty cool. I mean, it, they talk about how people in using these chairs can do things like, like give a, a person a hug without the person having to bend over. I mean, simple things like that, that a lot of us take for granted. Um, you know, it's it's actually pretty amazing, uh, and of course it can do things like it can negotiate stairs, it can go up curbs. It's it's you have to watch videos of this thing. It is really really cool, and that does predate the Segway uh, and some of the technology that went into the iBot later. He adapted for the Segway. Um, he also early on uh, created an automatic injection device. It was actually something that that you would have surgically implanted that would uh uh. Allow you to have automatic injections of things like insulin. Um, I mean, I see your point. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's quite remarkable in the sense that yeah, he does look at the world and see. He looks for problems that can be solved, Um, and he does it through technology.
1: Yeah, a lot of the uh, the devices he's come up with too are. in the, uh, medical field. Right. He's especially, uh, fond of, of, uh, medical projects. Um, but he's, his, uh, experience doesn't end there. Um, he's not just an inventor. He also encourages, um, technology, technological education.
0: Oh yeah. He's a huge proponent of that. Um, yeah. as a matter of fact,
1: we have a, he's, a, the founder of first, right. Uh, which is a, a te- technology competition for, for kids. We actually have an article on how first works. Right. Um, and uh, you know, so that that was one of the projects. So it's, it's not just something that he's doing for his own personal uh, glory and and uh, for the money. It's uh, you know he's encouraging other people to get into it as well. So right?
0: Yeah, he's I trying actually to
1: make lives better.
0: I watched a video about him talking about first. First stands for for inspiration and recognition of science and technology. And it's it's an interesting approach. Um, his his perspective was that. The tr- solution that we're trying to create in order to, to get kids better educated in science and technology. Because, you know, the United States used to be the leader in science and tech. You know, the world leader. Everyone looked to us for innovation. And now that's starting to slip. There's a lot of innovation out of Europe. There's tons in Japan. And, and science education in general in the United States doesn't seem to be faring all that well. So Kamen's approach was to create first and he said the, the way we're sol- trying to solve the problem right now is we're throwing resources at it, like more, more teachers, more money. But his point of view was that it wasn't a resource problem. It wasn't that. It was a demand problem, that children weren't demanding science education. They didn't see it as important. Um, for one thing, it was a, it's a cultural uh, uh, problem. Our culture tends to value things like celebrity or uh, athletic ability. And so without that cultural foundation to value things like science and technology and innovation, Mm -hmm. you can't expect children to really embrace that sort of uh, education. So even if you have the best education in the world, if the kid isn't engaged, there's no benefit. So his approach is – First, where it's this series of competitions where he gets kids excited. He tells them there's a way that you can compete. You can show how how smart you are. You can really look at a problem, figure out the best way to solve it. Your approach is going to be totally different from everyone else's approach, and it may change the world. And taking that, he's really expanded this this program quite a bit. It, it grew exponentially year over year. Like mm-hmm. the original one, I think it was like you know. Um, Thirteen schools, but recently he's been filling up the Georgia Dome with uh, the last time I looked at it, it was around thirteen thousand schools involved in this program. Wow, that's that's awesome! And it's amazing. amazing, and it's it's really really one of the the reasons why I wanted to kind of focus on him today because um, as as Chris pointed out, he's he's not just an inventor; uh, he's encouraging this kind of um, approach and this kind of worldview. Uh, Among others, which, you know, I mean, an inventor is great. We need them. We need those people to come up with these great ideas. But once they're gone, what do you do? He wants to encourage this so that we have a generation of inventors, which would Mm -hmm. be amazing. That would be amazing. Maybe we'd get our flying cars. (laughs) You and the flying cars. I want my flying car.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, the the innovation that uh, Mr. Kamen has, uh, has, created in the industry, and the fact that he has tried to inspire others to invent encouraged uh, President Clinton to award Mr. Kamen the National Medal of Technology in 2000. That's true. So he has been recognized for his efforts. Yep. Um, and, you know, I know personally that we'll all be happier with a, a generation of inventors when the giant robots come to enslave us.
0: Right. We'll yeah. have
1: somebody who knows how to build something that will get us out of that. It's script.
0: actually kind of funny that you mentioned that. Uh-oh. Because you know that um, – one of his more recent projects, uh, was something that. A giant robot? You're getting ahead of me here. Okay. Paulette. Let's pull it up a bit. <laughs> um, no, the, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, DARPA, uh, approached Mr. Kamen a couple of years ago. And they had a task for him. And they said what they needed, um, they, they said that, 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 that Medical technology had advanced at such a rate that when soldiers are in the field and they get injured, they there are a lot more survivors than there used to be. I mean, you, you read about these casualty rates in uh, Iraq, for example, and yes. they seem really, really high. But there's an even higher number of people who are wounded rather than you know uh, sure. Uh, killed. Sure. Sure. Um, but we're able to save their lives. But the problem is that the technology. For dealing with life after injury hasn't really kept up with everything else. Sure. So, so essentially we're talking about prosthetics here. Yep. If you've lost an arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in fact what DARPA came to talk to Cayman about. They said, we need an artificial arm, uh, a robotic arm that weighs the same as the average human arm. Um, that is the same length as the average human arm, uh, and that has the ability to, to, do things like pick up a grape or a raisin and mm-hmm. be able to tell the difference, uh, to be able to pick up a grape without crushing it, um, to be able to, to have the fine motor skills of picking up something as small as a raisin. Um, and they said, we need it in two years. Wow. And uh, we'll give you $18 million to do it. And came wow. in and said, you guys are nuts. That's just, how are you going to, how am I supposed to build something that has the same amount of articulation as a human as a, arm? Yeah. Yeah for 18 million dollars in two years, but he visited some veterans. He talked to some people and he, he really kind of saw the value of the project, even right. though technologically it looked impossible. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the Luke arm project came out of. And you know where, where that name comes from, right?
1: I'm guessing it may be a Star Wars reference.
0: In fact, you are correct, sir. It is a Star Wars reference. But you were talking about giant robots, and the reason why I wanted to, uh, to go back to that was because the arm, if you've seen the videos of the arm, it resembles, uh, the arm of a certain famous, um, robotic creature. Mm hmm. Um, who, uh, now governs California. No, wait, oh. I'm mixing up actors and, and characters. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's it looks like the Terminator arm. Um wow. And in fact, apparently in Cayman's uh, – uh, uh, over at Deka, D-E-K-A, which is Cayman's company. Right. They have a full-sized Terminator uh, standing there with one of these arms attached <laughs> in place of its normal arm. Very nice. Yeah. And he's used several different methods to try and fine-tune the controls. Some of them are – uh, rely on on uh, thought some of them rely on uh, a control system that's in the the person's shoes mm-hmm. they use their toes essentially to control their arm um interesting yeah he's still working on that the the project though there are videos on out there on the web i encourage all of you to to find these videos and watch them they are phenomenal um and he's he's hope he's hoping that he can Get the program extended so that they can do the work that's necessary to finish the project because two years is a very short time to go from, from the initiation of a project to design to implementation. Right. Right, um, right you now. Go through the entire testing process. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to understand, like, like when you think about that, how do you power something like that? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how do you get batteries small enough to move that? How do you get the motors small enough? The human arm has uh, 22 points of articulation. Mm-hmm. His has 18. Yeah, well, that's, pretty- so that's not bad. No, it's it's know. pretty it's pretty close, um, but yeah, you when you figure that in, you, he's really had to to bend his mind around some big problems to try and make that happen, and uh, you know, I I couldn't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't even know the way, first place to start. Um, but right now, the way it's designed, you couldn't really do a mass production. It's um, the materials are far too expensive, um, because you know he's he's working on a proof of concept to make sure that it can be done once you determine how it can be done then you have to figure out okay well how can this be done economically where you know it makes sense to to continue the project mm-hmm. so that's probably their next big big hurdle it's kind of the same way with the segway
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i'm sure you remember it was supposed to revolutionize the world true you know but the problem is that our infrastructure doesn't really support it
1: and they're really expensive.
0: Well, there's that, but you know, you expensive. You'd think, well, if it if if there were pathways for segways, right, then it wouldn't be as big a deal. But there, how do you figure that out? I mean, the city, each city is going to have a different take on this. Are they going right. to want people zooming around on the sidewalks or on the, on the street? I yeah, mean, you'd
1: have to assume that people are going to be responsible and drive their segues in ways that does not call, cause them to pitch off into the bushes.
0: Right. Like a certain world leader.
1: I refuse to mention names. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> or lots of other people. It just happens right, that right. he's a famous It just happens that
0: one world person. leader has been one of the famous people who fell off the, exactly. the device that is exactly. impossible to fall off of. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out not, not so much not impossible. impossible. Yeah, it, with the right determination, you can do it.
1: Right. But um, but yeah, I mean, and they were working on other projects like the Centaur, the uh,
0: oh, right. concept
1: four wheel Segway, which I, you could actually stand up on the back wheels, very I much like the uh, that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah. that they were thinking about that for military applications too? were not they? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that. Um, yeah, that was that was I'm kind of curious where that project is now. Yeah, it's
1: I uh, I, I checked this morning. Uh, as we were doing research for the podcast, and I did not see it on their website. So, uh, you know, not uh, quite it might sure. Be, might be off on the they, um, back burner. Yeah, it was a concept. Um, but actually, as of this morning, as we were doing research, I ran across a brand new project. Uh, on September 18th, uh, Dean Kamen was supposed to be working with Nokia, the cell phone uh, manufacturer from Finland. Uh, to announce a Calling All Innovators competition, according to this article I'm, I saw in CNET. Uh, it's basically a project to deliver water purification to, uh, to individual, uh, communities for, uh, for less than $2,000 each once they get into mass production, um, to quote the CNET article. Um, and essentially they're they're trying to get people to come up with inexpensive ways that the, this could be delivered uh to to people to improve their quality of life so mm-hmm. you know, yet another uh um uh, you know health related project innovation you know something that that could simplify a very difficult problem to overcome
0: yeah I think this actually came out of i remember reading that he was looking into uh low cost generators oh, okay. uh, um, energy generators for for um uh, Communities that Mm -hmm. otherwise don't have them, and they put off a lot of heat, and Mm -hmm. so he's thinking, how can I use this heat that's otherwise just going to waste? And that he used that to kind of look into a water purification system. Right. So, um, you know, it's interesting that he looks at he. he, It's when a project's finished, it's not really finished because he says, "What else can I do with this?" Which is another good. Mark of an innovator, Um, but I got my information from the Colbert Report. Oh, so I, you know, I only, I I only look at the, you know, the satirical sources of information. (laughs) Apparently. Right, then. Well, I, I guess that's a, you know, that's a good portrait of uh, Dean Kamen right there. Definitely look into him a little more. He's an interesting person. If you ever get a chance to hear him speak, uh, I recommend it because he, he does really convey that sense of excitement and purpose uh, far better than I ever could. But um, don't go away yet because when we come back, we're gonna tell you a little bit about an article that makes our co-worker Josh Clark yell out, Great Scott! This podcast is brought to you by GoToMeeting, the web-based tool that lets you hold instant online meetings from your office,
1: conference room, or home office with people anywhere in the world. So you can do more and travel less, which means you can save money and make more money.
0: Try GoToMeeting free. Visit gotomeeting.com slash techstuff. So, Chris. Yeah. Have you ever heard Josh yell at Great Scott"? Well, I've heard him yell a great many things. Right. Well, um, sit right next to him. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, he only, he only really yells out Great Scott when he's reading a very specific article. Oh, okay. Uh, that would be how the DeLorean works. Aha. Right. It's the, cause it tweaks his flux capacitor. <laughs> I figured since we were talking about innovators, we couldn't leave Doc Brown out of it. Right, right. Do you think there's any way to get a Segway up to 88 miles an hour? (laughs) I sure hope not. (laughs) But if you want to know how to get a DeLorean up to 88 miles per hour, you can read How the DeLorean Works. That's live right now on HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry.